Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the NFNL podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Sacco. Another fantastic and big edition in store for you. We'll chat to the senior men's coach of the Lorimer Sporting Club, Jimmy Atkins, as he takes his side to the club's first ever grand final and have one foot in the door of a first ever premiership. We'll also chat to Shannon McLean, Diamond Creek women's premiership player after their triumph on Sunday, but will also try to make it two wins in two sports as she prepares for South Morang's netball grand final tilt with the first of our grand finals taking place at Latrobe Sports Stadium this Friday night. And of course, we'll review all the senior men's action that took place over another big weekend of football. And of course, the women's grand finals that took place on Sunday. And to help me do all of that, is the man Josh Ward. Josh, thanks for coming on. I'm ready for another big edition here. We're very excited for this edition as well. Yeah, it's our finals are, are well and truly here. We've got no more home and away season games to, to focus on with Division 1, the senior men's competition coming to an end. And yeah, it's all very exciting times. And there was some really good contests from the looks of things over this past weekend. And yeah, big week, big week coming up as well. You know, we've got Division 3 preliminary final week. We've got a couple more Division 2 finals and first week of Division 1 finals. And we've got, yeah, as you said, the start of the netball grand finals as well, which is very exciting times. It probably means you're a bit busy, but it's very exciting. <laughs> Times. It's a good type of busy, Josh. It's it's definitely going to be exciting, and I'm looking forward to seeing who can take home these Premiership Cups, which all these teams are playing for. But we'll get straight into things, and we'll begin with Division 1, Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1. As we said, final round of the home and away season, of course, with what happened in round 17. There was three teams vying for fifth spot. And I think the favourites were always going to be Greensboro to take out mm. that, that final place. And that's exactly what happened. They ended up defeating Mernda by 20... Uh, sorry, Mernda. <laughs> no, not Mernda. <laughs> they defeated McLeod, rather, by 24 points at the final game of the home away season at the Winton Park. Greensboro pretty much had their measure for most of the game. But, you know, Drew sort of made it interesting towards the end, got it to, to three goals, but... Greensboro just able to hold their nerve in the end and, and claim an important victory. Sets up a fantastic and fascinating elimination final now against West Preston Lakeside, which we'll get to uh, at the later end of the podcast. But an important win for Greensboro. I think it would have been a really disappointing season if they didn't make finals considering the team they've had and, and I guess the last few years have been, they've played. But um, Sadi Ghazi's taken that squad to a fifth-place finish and, and anything can happen now in finals form. Definitely, and they do have the quality in to make some, you know, shockwaves in, in this final series. You know, you've got Josh Caddy, Tom Bell, Ben pa- Ben Panham, a whole list of qu- of quality players in that lineup. And, yeah, it would have been really disappointing if they missed out on finals just because, yeah, they... They've been terrific these last couple of years. They finished th- they finished third last year. They were you know runners up in, and minor premiers in 2019 as well. They had that expectation and they'll be relieved they made finals. But yeah, it's still going to be a massive test this weekend, which we'll touch on later. And for McLeod, their season comes to an end. I still think it is a successful season in a sense. Now, obviously, mm. they didn't make finals. Six points away from the top five. They finished, but we didn't think much of the Roos coming into the year. We, we probably expected them to be fighting for relegation, crazily enough to think. But um, they produced some really important wins. They beat West Preston Lakeside twice this year, which I think um, is a brilliant achievement. But, you know, I think losses to Norcott Park twice this year um, and, a, and a defeat to Hurstbridge probably ended that finals run. To think if they had have won a couple of those games, they probably would have been in the top five playing finals. So... Um, Craig Hayes has done really well with that team I think this year to get them to where they have and something they can absolutely build on for next year. They had a few injuries and unavailabilities as well. Justin White out for a period of time of course. Hamish Painter Ned McEwen out for some periods of the season. So too Sebastian Latina. So you know if they had have all been fit and firing who knows they may have been able to sneak a couple more wins but nonetheless you know six points behind the top five still an impressive season for them. North Heidelberg were the other team, of course, trying to vie Mm. for that top five spot. Obviously, with Greensboro winning, it didn't matter what they do, but they made a gist of it against a really good Bandura side. Six points down, they ended up being in the end, but still, um, another great campaign and another season of of what-ifs for them. A couple of really close games against top five opponents. If they had have been able to get over the line, who knows where they could have finished, but... 
Um, you know, North Heidelberg still a lot to like for them coming into next year. Definitely, it's this is a really promising performance against the Alabandere outfit, who you know they've gotten close to the last couple of years. It was only a third quarter, which got Bandura the win on on Good Friday in their previous meeting and yeah, here they were I think I heard they were down by a bit as well mm. North Heidelberg but to come back it's a, against the Bandura outfit who you know haven't put their foot off the gas these last couple of weeks there it's a seriously impressive effort but unfortunately they go down I think as well Magic Dor he's had a remarkable end to the season for North Heidelberg imagine think, a full year next year now with him yeah I think they just got him just that little bit too late yeah. and I reckon you know Bruma Harvey wasn't available for a lot of the season as well if they'd had him available available and for you know at least half the games this season I reckon they would have yeah, been playing finals once more in Division 1. I mean, it would be interesting to see if, if both Harveys really stick around next year. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can get a full season with Thor, maybe bring in a couple of extra players. If they can get a bit more out of Jai Baddeley Kelly, of course, some VFL Jews, it's been difficult for him to yeah. be consistent. But nonetheless, if they can bring a couple of more enforcements, they could really put some damage in next year and of course I just re-signed their coach Jason Heatley as well for another year mm. so with him at the helm anything could happen yeah. for the Bulldogs for the Bulls they get that extra win and it puts them second to finish the home and away season and that's mm. because Mott Morancy a 12 point <laughs> loss to West Preston Lakeside at home I don't think many people saw this coming and speaking of inconsistent seasons the Roosters have been very up and down at one point way out of the finals race they've picked themselves up at the back end of the 2022 campaign they finished the season in fourth spot and they'll go into this elimination final with a world of confidence beating a Montmorency side who have proven to be difficult to beat at times this year it was a match of the day that we saw them play at Jay Moore Park earlier this mm. year and the Magpies really dominated after three quarter time um, but it was the other way around this time. It was the Roosters that were able to put the foot down. Matthew Harmon has been outstanding yeah. this year and really um, establishing himself as one of the premier ruckmen in the competition alongside the likes of Wale Buxton, of mm. course, and, and Sam Gilmore. But uh, West Preston Lakeside, with him and Aidan Tilly in that forward line, uh, that could be a bit of a surprise packet again. We always say with the Roosters... <laughs> You know, they've won the last two flags. They started 0-6 in 2019 to go and win their back-to-back premierships. You can't rule them out if they're in the top five. And who knows what they can deliver come September. Definitely. And, you know, if they do face Montmorency in a final once more, they'll have that confidence knowing that Mm -hmm. they've defeated them once and Bandura too. What, mind you, that was at the start of the season. And that was the first game we did cover as well. But... Yeah, they have that confidence now that they, you know, they've defeated the t- second and third side, tw- t- well, at least once this season, and you know, this is a really good victory, a massive surprise as well. I, I would have thought Montmorency they have been known to finish off games strongly this season, bar against you know Heidelberg when we saw them a couple of weeks ago, and against Mandura too. But again, it was just that final quarter. I think they only kicked one goal whilst West Preston Lakeside kicked three. And this is a massive concern for them because they've, you know, fallen a little bit off the wagon these last couple of weeks as well. They need to find some form. And, you know, I would have thought they get got players back as well. I think they were resting players these last couple of weeks, but they've gone players back and... You know, they need to start finding some for, finding some form, especially against Bandura this Saturday. It makes that qualifying final massive, really. If, mm. if they, if, if whoever is able to get that win on Saturday at Preston City Oval, well, you know they'll be in a world of good. If it's Bandura, they're on a winning streak now. They'll come up against Heidelberg full of confidence. Monty, if they can get their mojo back, they've beaten Heidelberg already this season. So, mm. fascinating qualifying <laughs> final coming up there. Um, and any other results to look at throughout the Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1 home and away season. Uh, it was Heidelberg, speaking of that, which is way too good for Northcote Park. It was a pretty bit of an expected result at Bill Laurie Oval, but it did confirm the end of a 27-year run in the top flight for the Cougars, which is unfortunate for them. It, it just has been a season that hasn't worked out for them whatsoever. Some really poor losses. that They've had a couple of highs, but just injury and unavailability. They just weren't able to get consistent throughout the whole season and as a result they will be relegated into Division 2 and it'll be a a close eye on them I think for a lot of pundits about what they will do in Division 2 next year Heidelberg flying 17-1 and to finish the year unbelievable from them Danny Nolan has been incredible let's see what they can do in finals and then Hurstbridge and Whittlesey was a blowover as well the Bridges just absolutely dominant in that win over Whittlesey and 
Um, I think from the last month of football, wins strong wins against Bandura, Northcote Park, and Whittlesey. Um, it just could take them that next step into <laughs> next year. And who knows? They could be vying off for a final spot. But I think there's a lot to like about Hurstbridge next year. And, and Whittlesey, for them to stay out the way they have, and there'll be some change coming in the coaching ranks, I'm sure. Uh, I think both sides will be looking forward to what lies ahead next year. Definitely for Hurstbridge, this is a, you know, they've risen from the dead, essentially. Middle of the season, we were, we think, we were thinking that, you know, they're, they would be the ones that were relegated. They were just, you know, Northcote Park and Middlesea were the ones looking really promising and Hurstbridge were just, you know, after that two and one started, lost, I think it was 10 or 11 in a row before getting that Bandura win, which gave them a lot of confidence. They've, you know, excluding that round 17 match, which was, of course, null and void, they've won, they've won three of their last five matches. And, you know, though their two losses, they were competitive losses against North Heidelberg by 43 points out at Shelley Street and 30 points at, against the minor premiers and, you know, the flag favourites in Heidelberg at home too. So it, I reckon they can, you know, if they bring in the right personnel, maybe a little bit of experience in this offseason, they can cause some damage next season. They absolutely can. Lots to look forward to, not just for the final series this year, but next year as well in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1. And we'll see which team joins them from MC Labor Division oh. 2 next year as finals well and truly underway in that competition. Massive qualifying final was on Saturday at Epping Recreation Reserve. The Battle of the Bears, Banyol and Lower Plenty. It was Banyols to lose at halftime. They were absolutely dominating Lower Plenty on all facets of the ground, but they just had to make a couple of switches. Uh, did lower plenty. Just chucked Darcy Barton up forward, and the rest will follow, and Phil Plunkett did that beautifully. Darcy goes up forward, has a massive impact. They got it down to under a goal on two occasions, but they just fall short to Banyol in the end. It was similar to when we saw them a few weeks ago in the match of the day at Montmorency Park. Similar stories. Banyol dominating, um, had a comfortable lead. Lower Plenty make the huge fight back for a similar reason in the sense that, you know, Darcy Barton goes up forward and, and had an impact again. Um, it almost paid off again this time, but Banyol, they just hold their nerve and they set up a clash against Elton next week. Lower Plenty will have to face Diamond Creek, which we'll get to a little, little bit later on. Uh, but if if they're two sides vying for a premiership, I want to keep seeing more of those two teams. Oh, that seems like a very exciting matchup. And, you know, no matter what Battle of the Bears it is, it never disappoints. And this one is no exception. This is just a remarkable comeback from from Lower Plenty. And Darcy Barton as well, he is the ultimate swing man. He's such a terrific defender. And then throw him up forward and he could just pluck marks and kick crucial goals and and that's clearly what he did but yeah just falling at that final hurdle which is unfortunate given the comeback that they had but yeah kudos to Banyol this is a a really good victory a confidence booster as well because you know they might they're facing an Eltham side which they've gone close to in their previous meeting and you know just knowing that they've won a close contest against the premiership contender it's mm. going to hold them in good stead for and you know if they face lower plenty in the preliminary final or, or even the grand final it could also hold them in good stead for that game too absolutely it will so lots to like there and in the elimination final on sunday diamond creek they end thomas town's incredible run <laughs> from the back end of the season and they end up getting a handy victory at epping it means they continue to push on and they'll face lower plenty which i think will be a fascinating match, to be honest, in that first semi-final. These were two sides vying for a top three spot for most of the 2022 season. It was lower plenty that pinched it in the end with their victory over Diamond Creek. And now the Creekers have a chance to fight back. They brought in some reinforcements last week, and that's going to help their cause. So we'll see what, uh, what comes out of that one. But uh, for Thomastown... Interesting season for them, of course. You know, it, it was incredible for them to fight back and, and get the wins that they did to play finals football, but they do fall short in the end. And um, it's going to be a, a watch and wait, I think, to see what they do next year. They'll have a new coach coming in, you would assume, um, and see if, if they can get some players. You've got to keep in mind of, as well, Masaki Miki was out for most of the 2022 season. Who knows what could have happened if he had have played longer. Capici missed a lot of the start of the year as well. Leonardo's had some injury troubles too. Uh, so if they can get a fully fit and firing squad under a new coach, it could be just the rejuvenation they need to get themselves back contending for a flag. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that they're 
you know, run ended over the weekend. You know, when we were out there for their, well, mini elimination final against St. Mary's, just to see the fans up and about, it was... Um, it was just great to see, it was great to see them and i was hoping they'd have a you know a bit of a fairy tale story as well and you know get that victory continue that remarkable run to end the season but uh, unfortunately it doesn't come to fruition but yeah diamond creek credit to them as well they've you know been one of the better sides this season they were pretty much the third best side for for majority of the season but it sets up a yeah a very juicy and and I reckon enthralling clash against Lower Plenty. They've you know been pretty hard to separate the Bears and the Creekers. Well, the Bears of Lower Plenty and the Creekers this season. So it's going to be I reckon a very interesting matchup on the Sunday out at Epping Recreation Reserve. It sure will. We'll head straight to Heidelberg Golf Club Division Three in the thick of the action there. As well, we had the second semi-final on the Saturday at the Whittlesea Showgrounds between. Seth Morang and Lorimer. Now, obviously, these were the two best sides in the competition. And, you know, these is, was, I guess, in many minds, likely to be the grand final matchup. But Seth Morang were coming into this game on a huge winning streak. If they had have won on Saturday, it would have been 13 consecutive victories. But Lorimer stopped them in their tracks in a big way, dominated from pillar to post in the end, um, producing a very handy victory to take them to their first grand final in their first final series and their first win. They've a lot of firsts <laughs> for Lorimer. We'll speak to their coach, Jimmy Atkins, in a few moments' time. But um, I, I think we'll talk about Lorimer with Jimmy, but South Morang, um, that's a big blow to these, their premiership chances. This was this was a year they had to get everything right, and I'm not saying they can't win it from here, but they've made it much more difficult for themselves. They had a few out. They will get Ty Hall back, which will be imperative. James Houston, also from injury as well, will be important for them. But uh, it is a bit of a confidence blow, you would think, you know, for the loss that they did have against Lorimer. And um, if they're going to win this flag, which they've had struggles at this time of year in previous campaigns... They're going to have to go the long way and they're going to have to hope things stick. I wonder if the past demons will come to haunt them as well, South Morang. But yeah, this is... I see it two ways. It could be a confidence blow, but it, it, this, lo- this loss, it could also you know, be the loss that they needed. You know, yeah, they lost, uh, I think it was three against the top four earlier in the season. But then they went on that remarkable winning streak 13 in a row. Maybe it's the loss that gets them back to earth it gets them you know get puts them back it puts them into check and gives them that you know that will to get to get them over the line to their to another grand final and it is it is going to be interesting to see how they respond a couple of really good ins but yeah, it seemed like a a bit of a lopsided match out at the showgrounds which you saw Nick yeah it was and i mean I think it was just Lorimer's ability to just keep him at, at arm's length throughout the entire game that got them over the line. They were just so impressive in the midfield. Luke Wilson, Mitch Thompson were just two that stood out. Um, they kept Bailey Brown pretty quiet as well. And and I think just their ability to find goals from different avenues. You know, Jackson Sessels had a fine season, 84 goals this year. Only kicked the one goal on the weekend. Didn't mm-hmm. need to go... Actually, I don't even think he kicked a goal. You know, the fact that they didn't need to rely on him. They had so many options around the ground. I think for their 10 goals, eight individual goal kickers as well. So, you know, their ability to share the load around, everyone playing their role uh, was quite brilliant. Their back line also stood up really tall. They kept Peterson and Kaleidos pretty quiet throughout the afternoon too, which I think was super important and a big say towards their victory. Josh Leather, I think, got the better of Stefanol at times throughout that afternoon as well. So we'll, we'll chat to Jimmy in a few moments' time about that win and what it means for the whole club. But the Lions will be facing old Alpham Collegians in the preliminary final next week. It was the Turtles that got the win over Kilmore in the first semi-final on Sunday. There's always going to be a tight game. We're real 50-50. We spoke about it last week about which way it was going to go. We never really knew who was going to get on top. But it was old Alpham. They, they brought some important plays back into that lineup. Nick Snowden was one. I think Matthew Quinton was another as well. Jack Snow also coming into that team and it, and it paid off with, with a very handy win and I think it was really set up by Nicholas Milne who's had already a terrific yeah. season for the Turtles. Six goals for him in that final uh, really sent Matthew Sleeman's men on their way to a massive victory so 
That's going to be very important for them coming up against a second-ranked side who they have beaten this year, of course, earlier in the year. They haven't had the wood on them in the last couple of seasons, so that doesn't help their cause. Um, sorry, in the last couple of games, rather, not seasons. Uh, but nonetheless, I think with the um, the momentum they will get from that uh, that semi-final uh, could be handy for them come this time next week. It could be very handy, and yeah, this is a terrific victory. I thought. You know, it's it's probably one of the biggest margins between Kilmore and Old Altham in, in recent years. You know, I don't think... I think at least 90% of their games have been single-digit ga- margins. But, yeah, this is a, a really good victory for, for Old Altham Collegians. And, yeah, you know, they won the midfield battle, which they needed to win because Kilmore... We, we've seen, we saw them earlier in the season. They've got such a classy midfield. Chris Ryle, Chris Barton mm-hmm. and... You know, just stars everywhere. And Lee Irons, just stars everywhere in that midfield. But, you know, Niall McDonough, Jack Fitzgerald doing a, a great job on in midfield, really, help, really helping old Eltham towards victory. Sebastian Francis Perkins, can't give mm. him enough praise as well. He's had such a terrific first senior season. Coming off the halfback, he's coming across from, you know, the Montmorency Junior Program, but it's still a really impressive first se- season being... You know, probably one of the key players for Old Eltham this year, Nick Milne, coming down from the Hurstbridge, a Division 1 side. He's just showing why he's one of the better players of the division and why he should be playing in a higher up levels. That's just a, a remarkable performance. He's, you know, s- such a star of this Old Eltham Collegians team. He's probably their biggest star just because, you know, he he's such a creative player and he's pretty hard to beat one-on-one as well and this is a really good victory for Adeltham Collegians. It's unfortunate for Kilmore who, you know, would have liked to have gotten that first finals victory as well in, well, in the NFNL. This is, mm. of course, Adeltham's first finals victory in the NFNL but yeah, this is a, a really good victory for the Turtles and they're going to come in with a bit of momentum against the Lions which they would definitely need. Absolutely and we'll get to that more in the, uh, I guess, games preview that we usually do at the end of each podcast episode. But before we get to all of that, we'll chat to the senior men's coach of the Lorimer Sporting Club, Jimmy Atkins, as his side prepare in two weeks' time for their first ever grand final. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior men's coach of the Lorimer Sporting Club, Jimmy Atkins. Jimmy Thank you so much for giving us some of your time today and I'm sure it's no doubt been a very happy weekend for you and your side following the victory on Saturday. Uh, no worries, Nicholas. Thanks for having me, mate. Uh, yeah, look, it's obviously a great feeling to be able to make the grand final and everyone's pretty happy with that. But uh, yeah, we're all of the understanding there's one more big game to go and that's what we're all here for. What was the mentality like coming in to that South Morang game on Saturday. You, you you lost your last two matches against them previously in the home and away season, albeit you did have a couple of names out. But I'm sure, you know, it would have, I guess, maybe been on the mind of you and your team heading into that match. Was it just more about getting the job done and knowing what you were capable of? Or, or was it just ensuring you were able to respond to, I guess, um, getting back on top? Uh, look, we had a bit of a point to prove, yeah. They got us quite uh, convincingly uh, the last two times at, at South Morang. So we had a bit of a point to prove there. But, yeah, we were sort of very pretty confident that we could get the job done. But, yeah, look, we, we brought our best footy on the weekend and I don't think we'd brought that against them the last two times we played them. So it was pleasing to get back on track. And, I mean, you, you did that in, in great style as well. I think it was really one in the midfield, having Mitch Thompson and Luke Wilson combine the way they did and, and to get those balls inside forward 50 as often as they have, it'd be so pleasing to have two real leaders in the middle of the ground to ensure that it's it's your team that has control of the contest as often as they do. Yeah, absolutely. They're fantastic for us. They're two captains, Mitch and Willow, and look, they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're two guys that were around last time for Lorimer in their finals campaign and weren't able to get the job done so they're very driven and very good at driving the rest of the boys that you know we're here now to win a premiership so that's what we're all here for absolutely and you would know yourself what it's like of course with your your previous experience um at whittlesea so you know you know what it's all about getting to the big stage and 
you know, obviously as a player as well, you've been able to, to experience the ultimate too. But I, I just wanted to, I guess, ask you, you know, with the team that you had, it's a very young team, um, I must say. And, and we noticed that on Saturday that a lot of those players have really stood up, not just in in this game on Saturday, but throughout the whole 2022 season. Have you been pleased by the development of, of these young guys so quickly and the roles that they've been able to play? Oh, absolutely. We've got a lot of great young talent at our club and not just playing senior footy on the weekend. Our under-19s are in Division 2 and playing finals. Uh, we had two or three 16, under 17-year-olds, uh, under 16, sorry, playing our reserves in the Sunday final. Uh, we've got junior teams playing in finals every year. So the talent coming through our club at the moment is fantastic. It's really exciting. I mean, we're only six years old, the whole footy club, and to be able to get to a grand final in that time, only really four years of competing, it's, uh, it's a great achievement. And what would it mean to the club, I guess? I mean, it might sound like an obvious question, but what would it mean to the club if you were able to lift that cup on Saturday? It's, it's been quite a few years of hard work, no doubt. You know, you came into the into the side at, for the start of the 2021 season, another great campaign last year with the year obviously being cut short. It means you had to go through a whole other pre-season to get back to this stage and you've got the opportunity now to, to go on with it and, and win that premiership. What would it mean to, I guess, you personally and, and, and the whole club if you were able to win the ultimate uh, next Saturday? Just, yeah, obviously it means everything to me and all the players as well but and the club, but I think that's the same with any club competitive for a premiership but I just think yeah the guys that started up the senior club the committee they're the same people that started up the junior club and you know they had a vision to get to this stage and to hopefully compete in grand finals and have a chance to win a premiership and yeah it'd, it'd be great to get the job done for them we'll be keeping a close eye on the preliminary final this weekend and seeing which one of those two sides you'll be be meeting in a week's time yeah, absolutely. I'll be there to watch it, and uh, it'll be a quality game. They're two great sides, so no doubt it'll be a close one. What have you made of the 2022 season from a competitiveness point of view? Obviously, you know, I guess the top four teams had been set for most of the year, but if this year's been anything to go by, you know, anyone can beat anyone. We've had some fantastic results um, across those top four sides. Um, what, what have you made of, of, I guess, you know, teams maybe standing up and... and giving your side a bit of a challenge this year? Oh, look, absolutely. I think I've said it before. The top four sides, anyone can beat anyone, like you just said. That, you know, and you know, you're know, you 10% off and you'll get beaten by one of those sides. And I think you just got to bring four quarters of quality footy all the time. And, yeah, it's exciting for the competition to have a Division Three standard that, you know, top four sides are competing like this all the time. Yeah, usually you probably know who's going to win the premiership by now, but you between the three sides left, it could be anyone's anyone's game. And I, I, someone I forgot to ask when we we're talking about the game on Saturday. Now, of course, you know we, we speak about Jackson Cecil and how dominant he's been in the forward line this year. But one thing that I took out of watching your side on Saturday was the non-reliance on him. Really, I don't think you, your midfielders went to him too many times, and it wasn't for anything more than the fact that you were able to trust so many. Of, of of their teammates to ensure that they were able to kick goals. I think you had eight individual goal kickers for your ten majors um, on yeah. Saturday, which is just outstanding. You know, the fact that you're able not to rely on one or two players in that forward line must be so pleasing. Yeah, it is, and I mean, I think that's what finals is all about too. You can't always just rely on one guy, and uh, Jackson's fantastic at bringing his teammates into play as well. He always competes. Ball's in the air. He'll get the ball down the ground for our smaller forwards. And, you know, his tackle pressure is just as good as anyone's as well. So we're not always relying on him kicking goals, although it is pleasing when he is. He, uh, it's great to see his teammates get involved as well. It's been so great to chat to you today, Jimmy, and I'm sure there's a lot of excitement brewing around the club of what's to come in to Saturday's time. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us a bit of your time and all the best for what lies ahead in the decider. No worries. Thank you, Nicholas. Thanks for having us. That was Jimmy Atkins there talking to us on the NFNL podcast. I'm sure they're all very excited for what's to come at the Whittlesea Showgrounds in a couple of weeks' time. There will be a big grand final, as they were on Sunday with our three women's grand finals. It was quite incredible to witness at Preston City Over. It's been so long since 
Well, felt forever, really, since we've had grand finals back <laughs> in the NFL, but it was achieved on Sunday with their three women's premierships decided. All history-making and all jubilation followed each final sign, which was just so wonderful to see from a league point of view. And we might as well get straight into it with the first grand final that took place on Sunday, the Cleaning Melbourne Division Three women's grand final between the two best sides all year, really, in Mernda yeah. and Hurstbridge. And in saying that, it was really the Bridges that had control for most of the game, keeping Mernda scoreless and claiming that premiership in the final quarter with two goals in the end to seal it. 15-0 to final scoreline. And Paul Reid and his side able to get that victory Quite incredible, really, to see how that all played out. Sheridan Bennett winning best on ground, kicking one of the two goals in that final quarter alongside captain Amy Graham and Belinda Harris as well. Also terrific. But Hurstbridge, I think, thoroughly deserved it after playing the way they did. Oh, they were on fire all game. I reckon, you know, Mernda only controlled, uh, I reckon, five the five to ten minutes of the game. You know, the first five minutes Mm. of the third third term where they came charging but it was all Hurstbridge they thoroughly deserved this and it was scrappy which we expected particularly for those first three quarters where there were no goals kicked but it was a really enthralling contest glad we could get out there to Preston City Oval early on as well and witness it it was mm. it, it was good to see Hurstbridge get up as well and just to see them celebrate at the end there it was it was great to see and to see all the fans get mm. around them it was yeah, a great victory, much deserved, and it caps off a great couple of weeks for Hurstbridge. Their senior men's side have been doing well, and now their senior women's cap it off with a, a premiership as well. It's it's just great to see. Yeah, it really is, and I mean, for Mern, a disappointment for them, obviously. Only mm-hmm. two losses pretty much since the end of grading. Um, three losses all year. Um, two of those, of course, coming against Hurstbridge. had a very dominant uh, second semi-final, which they beat the Bridges. They were in good stead. They had some star players across the 2022 campaign, but just couldn't put it all together on grand final day. And they'll be back around the mark. You have to think they've got mm-hmm. such a good team uh, with players all across the line. They just, as I said, couldn't get the job done on grand final day. Nothing to take away from Hurstbridge, who were terrific, but um, expect to see Mernd around the mark again soon. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're a terrific side, well, well run. And, yeah, it's unfortunate to see them go down. They were, yeah, the best side of Division Three all season. Just, just fell at the final hurdle, and I reckon they'll be back next season. Who knows? They could do what, you know, Banyol Fitzroy, Star, Fitzroy Stars did in Division Two this season. They could make the push up to mm-hmm. Division Two, and I reckon no matter what, they're going to make ways because they've got plenty of talent on that list. To, you know, not be winning a premiership in, in the near future. I'm very excited to see how well they'll go. Over to SG Print and Paper Division 2 Women's Now. Another great grand final contestant there between St. Mary's and Altham. And it was the Panthers. They were able to make up for their 2018 grand final defeat to Bandura. They were able to get the job done with a very scintillating last quarter, really. 14-point winners. But it was Angelique Rybelt that stole the show in that final term. Two brilliant goals from the pocket. Um, And she also won the best on ground on the day. So... For Altham, a crucial victory and an important one as well. They beat St. Mary's in the second semi-final to get them into the grand final first. They meet the borough. They met the borough again, and they were able to reproduce that performance. And that's now three wins in the last four games against St. Mary's. And I think a deserved premiership for Darren Cardamone and his side. Yeah, it is thoroughly deserved. They were the benchmark for the entire Division Two season, bar I think it was the final final fortnight. But it's. Uh, it's a great victory for Eltham. It'll go a long way to helping them, you know, push back up into Division 1 and make themselves a, a real contender. It's, uh, yeah, and Angelique Rybout as well. She just showed her class. Coming across from Greensboro this season, she has been a terrific acquisition. And just that fourth quarter, she took it by, by the scruff mm. of the neck. And, you know, she was threatening all day, but just changed the game completely in that final quarter. And, yeah, helped Eltham lift up that premiership trophy. Maybe not the maybe not the last one for the Panthers this season. I think Alana Mari as well had a big role mm. in that game throughout the day as well. You know, didn't win the best on ground medal, but very easily could have. Her work in the midfield has just been <laughs> terrific all season. You know, it was her presence around the ball that was able to get 
those entries inside 50 and it's been a dominant campaign from her as well for St Mary's of course not getting the job done they had some great individual performances again on the day Jessica Hardy still stood up Alyssa Reeves was probably their best throughout the match and Caitlin Kruzberger was important and kicked the first goal of the game and they just had a few others around but I think it's a big credit to Altham's defence here because Sarah Johnson has been massive this year in the forward yeah. line has kicked bags of goals for fun but has been kept goalless twice this season. Both of those times have been the last two games against Alton, the grand final and the second semi-final. And the ability to shut her out of the game, I think, was the reason Alton won. Yeah, credit to Madison Lee as well. Yep. She did a such a terrific job on her, barely gave her any space and allowed the uh, other defenders, namely like Sienna Gunning and uh, all those interceptors to play their role and push the ball forward for the, pa- for the Panthers. And... Yeah, you got to give them credit, but it's unfortunate for St. Mary's. They put together such a great season after a promising 2021 season too, but unfortunately it ends in disappointment. But again, like Murder, they're not going away anytime soon. They could you know, potentially push up into Division 1 next year. They could still stick around in Division 2, but no matter what, they're going to call shockwaves in any division that they're in. It's... Yeah, it's a great season from them, but unfortunately, again, just being at the final hurdle. Absolutely, but still lots to look forward to in these, um, I guess, for next season as well, and, and two sides that could really push for Division One football as well. Mm. No doubt about that. But speaking of Division One, winning edge Division One grand final, the most highly anticipated women's game all year, I think, between Diamond Creek women's and Darabin, and it was the Creekers. And we talk about the last term from Altham, but... My goodness, I've not seen better football played in the women's competition than I did on, on Sunday. In that last term, it was a tight third quarter. No goals were scored. It was three points to margin in favour of Darabin. The Creekers hadn't led all afternoon. And then a five-goal-to-one final term was just outstanding. Kiara Nardo, Georgia Tate, Stacey Cross all coming to the party, ensuring that they were able to lift that Premiership Cup for the first time in the NFNL women's competition. It was the skipper in Stacey Cross that was able to win the best on-ground medal. Um, and they just had stars along every single line. It was just outstanding. The crowd was up and about as well. Uh, we had that finals atmosphere that we had come to expect from these two sides that has a big rivalry over the years. You know, credit to Darabin, which we'll talk about in a few moments as well. Uh, but for Diamond Creek women's, one loss in two years. I think anything but a premiership this year would have been a bit disappointing, but they don't have to worry about it because it's theirs now. It's thoroughly deserved, and I wish I was there watching that final quarter and instead of getting my heart broken out at the MCG. But we'll move past that one. It was... Uh, it was just remarkable from Diamond Creek and a great way to, to cap off. Such a remarkable season, you know, five goals. And, you know, Sean Quarters as well in the women's competition is no main feat. It is seriously no main feat. It's a terrific effort. And wife Quarters, just in general in any quarter, is a terrific effort. But, yeah, they just showed why they'd only lost one in the whole season and one in their last two seasons. It was... Yeah, they're just such a t- well-run side by C- Cole Mollington. And, mm. you know, they've got just stars everywhere, young stars as well too. And it, it's thoroughly deserved for the for the Creekers. Yeah, they, it, they would have been really disappointed, I reckon, if they didn't win the Premiership. But, yeah, they do get that fa- fairy tale ending and get... and you know, lifted that premiership trophy at the at the end of the a great Sunday of grand final action. And I think we still can't take anything away from Darabin as well. What a fantastic season for them. Yeah. And what a brilliant finals campaign too because to, to think about where they, they came from as well, you know, fourth spot they finished on the ladder. It was a one-point win in the elimination final against Greensboro. And comfortable victories in the semi and prelims over Montmorency, West Preston Lakeside to get them to this stage. And for three quarters, they were leading the best side all competition. It was a fantastic first term as well. I think it was three goals to nil to start off the first quarter. Cameron Williams started to show three goals for Williams. So that really helped their cause. But Maddie Webster's side just couldn't get it going in that second half. They were kept goalless, uh, scoreless as well, despite having the wind in their favour. They just couldn't get anything going. And as a result, Diamond Creek women were able to pounce. But Darabin, they can hold their heads up high. Fantastic year. Yeah, and coming from fourth as well, it's, they've had to do it the long, they had to do it the long way, making it 
through the grand final, but uh, they did just that. And yeah, like you said, three quarters, they were dominating. But yeah, again, much like the the Division 2 and Division 3 runners-up as well, they just fell at that final hurdle. And it's unfortunate just given, you know, they've... Uh, They've yeah, come from the clouds, essentially, and they'd be slightly disappointed, but very happy that they were competitive for three quarters, but yeah, and against by far the benchmark of the entire women's competition. Yeah, exactly right. So great to see. And what we'll do now is chat to one of the stars of that Diamond Creek women's premiership side as she prepares not only to continue celebrating what took place on Sunday... <laughs> But also look forward to another grand final for her in the winter netball competition for South Morang. And speaking to us now is Shannon McLean. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is Diamond Creek Women's Premiership player and South Morang netballer who could also add another title to her name. Shannon McLean joins us. Shannon, thank you so much for coming on and giving us some of your time on, on what I'm sure is a busy week for you. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Nick. How are you? Great to be on board. I guess we'll start on Sunday's game. And, you know, it was a fantastic match. There was a big crowd at Preston City Oval, highly anticipated. And it was a close one heading into that final quarter. But the Creekers were able to get the job done. How how did you feel? How were the emotions like following that final siren on, on Sunday? Was it a bit of relief or was it just pure joy? Well, I guess it was a bit of relief and pure joy while all the girls are on cloud nine. Um, we worked so hard since um, losing in 2019 to build back up to yeah to be premiers for 2022. All the girls are yeah on cloud nine. We're so happy. And I bet all of us still have our medal around our neck. I know I do. <laughs> That's always a good sign that you've had a good couple of days. We, we've, speak, we've spoken to your coach, Cole, your captain, Stacey, in the last week leading up to the game on Sunday and I think the main message was I guess you know like you just I guess said the fact that you know you'd been building up for quite a while you were 12-0 and 0 last season before the year got cut short so you know had to go around again and get another pre-season in and, and prepare for everything was that sort of mentality instilled at three-quarter time when it was a really close game and, and you were trying to get yourselves back in control? Yeah, definitely. Just play our game, um, keep our structures and, yeah, just get it out of the middle and straight into that forward, which I think we did um, for those last four goals in that last quarter. It was such an incredible last quarter to watch as well. Just some pure brilliance from, from your side as well. How can you build on this victory now from Sunday? You know, a fantastic achievement. The first time that Diamond Creek women's have won an NFNL premiership. Um, and obviously you'll be the, the ones that everyone will be chasing come next year. Obviously, you know, you want some time to celebrate now, but how important is it in the off-season to just, I guess, refocus and, and try and make it a back-to-back flags? Yeah, definitely. I think everyone um, needs to, to focus, celebrate hard now, and then, yeah, just get back out on that track for pre-season so that we can do it again. And as I said, spoke to your coach, Cole Wallington, that, uh, it might have been over a month ago now, but of course on the day uh, as well. Talk about his influence on the side, what his coaching's been like, and, and I guess the impact he's had on, on your on-field success this year. Yeah, Cole's worked so hard over the past four years since 2019, getting girls to come down um, and to um, secure their spot. Um, he's been great. Um, as you know, he gets very emotional, so it was really great um, for him to finally get that win and to, I guess, let all those tears out. But no, it's been awesome working with the girls and Cole. And of course, another big occasion for you on Friday night with South Morang making the Winter Nepal Grand Final. What are the excitement levels like and when do you switch from celebration mode from the Creekers win on Sunday to getting prepared for another Grand Final on Friday? Yeah, so I guess um, celebrations end kind of um, shortly tonight. We've got training tonight. Um, so yeah, just getting in hard, finalising the teams for that and getting ready for a big game on Friday night. Um, unfortunately, in the semi-final, I guess we lost our first game since grading to Bandura, but I think that put us back into perspective that we really have to work hard and it's not going to come easy for us on Friday. Um, we've got to get down to training, um, work really hard, and yeah, just work on our structures for that so that we can come out with the win on Friday. I was going to say, I mean, you know, you, you know, another fantastic season for the Lions in the netball space and, you know, to get to this stage of the season, I think is one that's thoroughly deserved, particularly with how the regular season's panned out for you. You mentioned the loss earlier, uh, a couple of weeks ago now, but 
Um, and you, you speak about how that being the spark, but does your performances throughout the year give you that confidence that you've just got to get back to that level to ensure that it's, you know, that your it's your team lifting up the, the cup on Friday night? Yeah, definitely. We did have a couple of injuries in our last um, game before finals against Montmorency. Um, so I guess, yeah, just hoping that those girls are back ready to go on Friday and, yeah, just work really hard because we know that we can win. Um, we just got to get our head in the game, really. And, you know, I guess there's a few people in the NFL competition that are able to play both football and netball and it's it's outstanding the commitment that they show and you're one of them Shannon which is so great to see from a league point of view talk a bit about I guess the balance of of time that you have between football and netball throughout the season obviously a very busy time and there's a bit of a juggling act with the training and the playing throughout the whole week it's almost a seven day type of week in terms of sport for you Uh, what's that been like to manage and and balance and, and how have you found it throughout the year? Yeah, at times it can be hard, but um, yeah, I guess you just look back to the playing group and the commitment that you have to each club. Um, and for me, it's just how much that we really wanted to win a flag, um, not only at the Creekers, but out south this year. So really, yeah, just that dedication to prove and it, it's, it's paid off. Um, we won the grand final for the Creekers and yeah, hopefully we can bring it home for south on Friday. For those that are listening that, you know, maybe you're thinking about playing both netball and football or, or ones that are playing one of the sports now and, and maybe want to get involved in, in others, in the other sport, you know, maybe next year, you know, what advice would you give to them to manage that and, and, and how do you think they would be able to, you know, handle playing two competitive sports at, at full speed throughout a whole uh, campaign? Yeah, I guess it's just really about your commitment and how much you want to to put out there. Sometimes you do have to rest when your body tells you to, which has happened a couple of times this year. Um, but yeah, just making sure that you focus on your recovery and giving 100% at each, um, not just the gains, but also the recovery so that you can get back out on the field the next week. Shannon, it's been so great to chat to you and for you to give us a bit of your time on a very busy week. We really do appreciate Congratulations on the win on Sunday. Continue to party hard for the rest of the day and then all the best for what lies ahead for you on Friday night with South Morang. Thanks so much for coming on. Awesome. Thanks so much, Nick. Great to chat to Shannon McLean there, Diamond, Creek's women, Diamond Creek women's premiership player and could potentially be a premiership player as well for the South Morang netball side. And we wish all our winter netball teams the best of luck in the grand finals this Friday night. Of course, grand finals taking place for Section 4 right up to Section 13. And shout out to a few clubs as well that are, might have the chance to win their first ever netball premiership. West Ivanhoe could be one. And as well as Donnybrook, which have only just come into the competition this season. We spoke to Ash Hansen, who plays for Donnybrook and is also the junior netball coach. Um, There'll be a lot of excitement brewing around Donnybrook. And speaking of junior netball, we had our round robin last Wednesday night. And it was great to see so much support shown for our inaugural junior netball competition. We're going to have a junior summer netball competition as well. So be sure to look out for the NFNL website to get involved in that one. But what we've got now is a big preview of some massive senior men's games this weekend. Josh Ward, as he always does, take it away. Oh, it's very, very exciting times this weekend. We're now, like I said earlier, we're now focused on finals. No more home and away season stuff. So Division 1, two big finals. Bandura, Montmorency, they've... You know, Bandura have had the wood over them this season, over the Magpies, won the, won the two home and away matches. They comfortably one last time as well in the end and are going to be very confident but Montmorency whilst they've been a bit shaky these last couple of weeks we've seen what they can produce at their best Nick and they're going to be a dangerous side and it's it's going to be very exciting to have men's finals back at Preston City Oval as well of course we had the women's grand finals on Sunday but we've now got men's finals back at well, essentially the the finals home of the NFNL, and then on the Sunday we have got a massive div- elimination final between West Preston Lakeside and Greensboro. The 2019 grand final rematch. Wouldn't have thought it'd be an elimination final. Well, maybe at the start of the season that we'd be seeing these two mm-hmm. face off against each other in finals, but it is, and yeah, it's winner. They get another chance, and. We'll go. We'll head into a matchup against either Bundura and Montmorency with a bit of confidence. The loser, unfortunately, there. Well, essentially, roller coaster season will come to an end, and they'll have to pack their bags. And 
watch on for the rest of the final series. Two really enthralling matchups and very excited to see how both will pan out. Division two as well, Banyol and Eltham, two of the, the two best sides in in Division two all season and get a chance to book their spot in the in the MC Labor Division two grand final in a fortnight's time at Preston City Oval Eltham. They've been the benchmark all season but and they'll be looking to take the short take the short route to the grand final and have well have another week's rest whilst 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 the Bears of Banyol they'll be pretty confident after getting close in their last game against Lower Plenty and it's going to be a very interesting matchup it was close last time between these two out of Beverly Road Oval and I'm expecting no different here and speaking of Lower Plenty as well they've got Diamond Creek who as we alluded to earlier it's they've you know been really close to each other all season long and uh, I reckon this match it, it's going to be no different it is going to go right down to the wire it could even go down to a kick after the so- after the siren in the final quarter I reckon I wouldn't be too surprised or maybe even e- extra time it, it's going to be a really good matchup on the Sunday out at Epping Recreation Reserve and then the Division 3 preliminary final South Morang Old Eltham Collegians Old Eltham Collegians the Turtles plenty of momentum as again we touched on and you know they've already defeated South Morang once with their best outfit on the park the last two times I think they were missing a couple of players but now with an almost full strength lineup they'll you know be pretty confident they can take it up to a South Morang side who you know whose demons might come back to haunt them once more after you know going down to to Lorimer in the second semi in second semi-final when you know, they were coming in off a 12-game winning streak, but it could, as we said, also galvanise them that loss to, you know, lock in a grand final spot against Lorimer once more. And there's plenty of really exciting men's matchups, men's finals matchups, and can't wait to see how they all pan out, Nick. So exciting to see what lies ahead this weekend. Great wrap-up as always. Josh, thanks for coming on to the podcast. and. Looking forward to what we'll be talking about this time next week. Oh, it's going to be so exciting. Oh, I, agree. I couldn't agree more, Nick. It's it's a big weekend and I can't wait to see how it all unfolds. I've been your host, Nicholas Sacco, and you've been listening to the NFNL Podcast.